0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Part one and part two of this series took us on an adventure and we saw that all throughout the word of God, we see a fresh start, we see startovers, we see individuals, we see families, we see entire nations coming to a place of starting over fresh in the things of God. We saw and we've learned that, that God loves us even when we're in the middle of defeat or, as well as victory. He loves us through the process of change and into a process of start over. And you need to hold on to that because sometimes when we're going through a tough time, we're going through a dry period, maybe going through a time of just like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, He loves you and He continues to love you. We also noted this throughout the past two weeks that without a heart transformation, there can never be a true start over. The inside nature must change, or else the outer conduct will not. And so one facet of the process of startover, which we started last week, we're going to finish it up this week, and then finish up this series. The one facet of this process of startover is being made aware of the things in our lives that are actually hindering that fresh start. Things that might be obstacles to us, things uh, that, that maybe we've allowed into our lives or things that have been just imposed upon us. You know, We don't have 100% control over everything that we're exposed to, do we? No, we, we don't know what's going to come up in life. We don't know what emotions we're going to have to deal with. We don't know what other people are going to kind of inflict upon us. And, and, and then there's a part that we invite into our lives ourselves, and we need to take responsibility for that also. So we see that in the Bible there's a very clear pattern that a start over, a fresh start is always preceded by a change of heart A turning away from sin, a turning away from old habits, a a turning away from ungodly mindsets. All of these are part of the process for us to step into a fresh new start with God. And I I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to to do that work in you. Now, the Apostle Paul addressed this issue on a regular basis. He was keenly aware of the old habits and sin that was constantly trying to creep back into our lives. Yes, we're born again. If you are a born again believer, you have the Spirit of God living in you, you're going to heaven heaven, that's a settled deal. However, we're in this world, and in this world we're, we're just subject to different things and different influences. And so sin tries to creep back into our lives. In other words, to hinder us, to block us from progressing in the things of God, to destroy relationships, to destroy marriages, to destroy families. This happens. And so the Apostle Paul, very, very keenly aware of the fact that our old nature is going to try to come back on us. The old sins are going to try. Some new sins. Some of us get very creative with our sins. (laughs) That these things are going to come back and try to creep back into our lives and kind of stop us and neutralize us. And so here we see that the letters that Paul wrote to the different churches that he established, we see this constant theme of what to put off and what to put on. What to get rid of and get this out of your life and and don't do this anymore. And last week we went into Ephesians chapter 4 and and starting in verse 22, uh, the Apostle Paul writes this, throw off your old sinful nature. So if he's telling us to throw it off, that means that it's going to try to come back on us. He wouldn't give, we don't receive instruction in the Word for something that that we're not going to have to deal with. If he says, throw it off, number one, it means that we can. Number two, it means it's going to try to creep up on you. And then he says, verse 23, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, verse 24, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So this tells me that on an everyday basis, you and I are going to have to make a decision. Am I going to sit back? let the enemy roll over me, try to bring back the old nature or try to, uh, try to uh, deposit seeds in my heart and in my soul that will push me in a direction of, of a sin maybe that I've never experienced before? Or am I going to stir myself up in my awareness that the reality is I am a new creation in Christ? The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? Amen. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? You and I have got to make ourselves aware. We've got to, Paul said to Timothy, stir yourself up. And you and I need to stir ourselves up. Whenever we start feeling like we're getting stale, whenever we start feeling like we've gotten caught up in the busyness of life and we're starting to live and starting to think and starting to talk like we used to, we need to back up and realize, oh, I'm, I'm drifting here. I'm getting distracted. I'm getting, I'm getting preoccupied with other things. And at that point, we need to begin then to stir up an awareness of who the Bible says we are and the fact of the spiritual change that has taken place within us. Your spirit has been made alive unto Christ. When you said, Jesus, I believe in you, when you said, come into my life, Lord Jesus, I put my trust in you, I receive salvation, I thank you for forgiving my sins, The change took place, but it took place in your spirit. It's up to you to stir yourself up. It's up to you to remind yourself. You know, sometimes even in the car on the way here, you know, our our lives are busy too, just like everybody else, and sometimes it's just got that time in the car from our house to come to the office here, and I'm in that car, I'm like, Father, I don't feel like it this morning, but you know what? Your word says I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your word says that I'm born again because I received Jesus. Your word says that, that the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your word says that I can, I don't feel like it, but your word says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And so what do you do? We're stirring ourselves up. We're, making, we're, we're putting on the new nature, amen? So then in that same chapter, in, in verse 25, Paul begins to describe a list of old things to get rid of because they keep trying to cling. They keep trying to come back. They keep trying to grab hold. And I'm just going to read through them real quick. You've got to listen to last week's message. Verse 25, stop lying. Duh. <laughs> lying destroys trust. Verse 26, don't sin by letting anger control you. Verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Be productive, use your God-given talents to bless others. Verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words can be an encouragement to those who hear them. Words are powerful, we understand this, we realize this. Our tongue needs to be tied to our new nature in Christ so that it is used for the purpose which God created it for, amen? Our tongue has got to be tied to our new nature, so that means that you may. Oh, this, this is good. You may think something, but your tongue better say what your new nature would say, not what your mind tells you. Amen. You see, as long as it's here, it doesn't have life. The thoughts are to come, and as long as they stay here, and you battle them here, and you cork them up here, they don't have life. They take on a life of their own when you begin to say, I feel like. That's another teaching for another time. All right, so where are we today? We gotta finish this up. Now listen, I was amazed. Uh, Pastor Beth sent me an email from a woman who is supposed to be a prophet, someone who hears from God, someone who hears from the Holy Spirit, in Australia. And this is what's going on in Australia on the other side of the world, at least in this particular uh, Church. This woman's name is Lana Wasser. I heard the Lord say it's a major spring clean for the spring forward. I saw the Lord doing so much in the foundations. He was cleansing, purifying, pruning, and purging, even in unseen areas. Like in the natural, as we do a spring clean once a year, it's usually a big cleanup and clean out. The Lord is also doing a big clean up and clean out. I heard him say, the shaking and the mess will continue, but look with the eyes of the Spirit. I see that the infection is coming out. The infection is coming to the surface, and I am cleaning it out. I am restoring and going to restore truth. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing all over the place. This series that we've been in for this past few weeks, I'm hearing it over and over again. I'm seeing it. Other places teaching the same thing. This is the season that God has us in. Why? Let me just give you a hint. Whenever God begins to do this kind of stuff in his churches, it's for one reason and one reason alone. He's getting ready to do something very big. And he wants his people to be involved. And he wants us to get this junk out of our lives so there's no obstacle stopping us. So that we're unhindered. And when he says, go here, go there, say this, say that, we're ready to go. Amen. All right, so now we did Ephesians chapter 4. We can't finish today unless we go to Ephesians chapter 5 because he continues the list. Now hold on to your seats because it doesn't get any easier from here. But it's going to get better. Verse 3 of chapter 5. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's talking to unsaved individuals. Now, that doesn't mean that if we're saved, we can involve ourselves in this stuff. What he's saying is make sure that this stuff doesn't try to creep back up on you. I know it gets quiet. It got quiet last night. It'll get quiet in the other two services, too. But listen, this is the word of God. And it's given for us for instruction. Now, these instructions that God give, gives us, you think it's for him? No. Who is it for? For us. He cares about us. And obviously, the Apostle Paul was having to deal with some issues in their churches. And that's why he writes these instructions. And these instructions are given to us. It goes on to say, verse 7, don't participate in these things that people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now... You see the difference here? But now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Yes, we do. Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Yes, we need to, we need to. We need to. And in the society that we live right now, we're exposed to so much garbage. It seems like we have to be constantly on guard to make sure that this stuff doesn't creep. And, and listen, there are times when it creeps in, and we don't mean it to. And it, and it comes very subtly. But then there comes a time like, like now, when the Holy Spirit is, is bringing this stuff up, so that God himself, with our cooperation can come and just skim that junk off of our lives. Are you listening to me this morning? Did you come here to get patted on the back or did we come here to receive instructions this morning? We have to live the rest of the week. We have to live the rest of the week knowing that we're gonna be exposed to junk, to garbage, to, to profanity. We're gonna get exposed to, to, to nudity. We're gonna get exposed to this kind of stuff. And God knows that. And that's why he's given us instructions. And that's why his mercy is there for us. That's why the power to change through the Holy Ghost is made available to us. I'll take a couple of amens. Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, Patience. You notice this is everything that counters that list in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 13 is probably one of the most powerful suggestions, tools, equipment that God could give us. Look what it says here. Make allowance for each other's faults. Let me ask you this question How many of you believe that the person next to you has faults? Go ahead, raise your hand. Are you guys asleep? Did you hear what I said? How many of you believe that the person sitting next to you has faults? That's it. The rest of you are like, well, I don't know. <laughs> since we know that every single one of us has faults and flaws and character weaknesses, God knows it better than you do. And so he says, since this is the case, Make allowances. In other words, why do we get surprised when somebody messes up that's close to us? Why do we get surprised? Why, why do, we, do we actually think that the people that are around us, even the one that you're married to, the one that you're close to, do we honestly think that they're perfect? If they were perfect, they wouldn't have picked us. <laughs> Do we think that the people that we work with are perfect? Because my staff, it's a different story. <laughs> do we think the people that we're in relationship with are perfect? They're not, and neither are we. So why do we get thrown? Uh, you know, Pastor, I just can't believe how much this person offended me. Why didn't you see it coming? If you listen to the Word of God, It says make allowances for each other's faults. So then, are you that stingy with that allowance that there was nothing left in there? So that when they did blow it and make a mistake, you had nothing on deposit? He's saying make an allowance. What is an allowance? It's something that you put aside. When you're a little kid, you got an allowance, or you worked for an allowance. I hope your parents are making your kids earn their allowance, because the world is going to, okay? And so, what'd you do? You put your pennies aside, your dime. Oh man, I'm really dating myself. You, you put your 20s aside. Because <laughs> now kids don't get changed for allowances. Now they, get, they got like bigger bank, bu- bank uh, accounts than we do, you know? And so, what, they put that aside for what? For a time in the future that they're going to need to use it, yes? So, why are we not putting aside some love, some forgiveness, some grace, some mercy aside so that when the person messes up, let, let me ask you this question. Do you not want that other person that you're in relation, don't you want them to have a hefty allowance? Yes. Are, are you catching this? So that we won't get offended, when we, don't, when we don't just start getting angry and hold a grudge. Then the tenderhearted mercies, the kindness, the humility, the gentleness, the patience. He says make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Now let me just say, uh, we we gotta move really quick here because I didn't even get into part three yet. Listen, (laughs) let me ask you a question. Do you think that if we follow these lists that Paul gave us, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. Do you think that that's gonna add to our peace? Absolutely. Let me reverse it. How much peace do you walk in when you know that you're missing it in all those other areas? Can, can, I, can I see? How much peace do you think you're gonna walk in if you continue to lie, continue to steal, continue to lose your temper, continue to hold grudges, to continue to, to now throw yourself into all the immorality you talked about instead of, you know, it's one thing when it, when it comes on you how much peace do you think you're gonna have? Not much, not much. I wanna finish this series by telling the story about a man who experienced a phenomenally amazing start over. You know him. His name's Peter. Peter, the rugged fisherman, the big mouth know-it-all, tough exterior, softy at heart. Peter, the one who pulled out a sword and cut off the guy's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. That Peter. That same Peter who had been warned by Jesus, the devil's going to try to take you out. But I prayed for you. And when you return, take care of your brothers. That Peter. The one who failed miserably. The one who probably six hours after cutting off the ear of the person that was coming to arrest Jesus, then denies three times that he's even ever met Jesus. That Peter. You talk about a start over. Yet, now we look at the whole, we look at his whole life now, 2,000 years later, and Jesus, the same Jesus who wants a fresh start over for you, that same Jesus started the process of Peter's recovery. Fresh start, new start. As soon as he rose from the dead. In fact, Mark chapter 16 tells us that when the women went to the tomb, there was an angel there. And the angel says to them, this is what Jesus said, Go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going before them in Galilee and I'll meet them there. Did you hear this? The angel said, this is what Jesus said, go tell his disciples and Peter. So, so I submit this to you that everybody in heaven knew what was going on in Peter's life. The angels knew Jesus' plan for Peter. The angels who must have been horrified when they heard him deny Jesus, Jesus says, don't worry, I got this covered. So as soon as Jesus comes out of the tomb, he starts this process of start over and recovery for Peter. By the time we get to John 21, Jesus has appeared to the disciples two times already. He shows up this time because they've taken a dangerous turn. Where did Jesus first find Peter? Fishing. And where do we find Peter? Fishing. This is dangerous. This is an indication that Simon Peter is entertaining, throwing away three and a half years of experiences with his Messiah, like it never happened. Because of the trauma. He's tempted to go back to the old life. <laughs> and not, if that wasn't bad enough, the other disciples went with him. So Jesus shows up on the scene. You know the story, they're out on a the boat, they're not catching anything. Wow, well, where did we hear that story before? And Jesus says to them, take the nets and throw them on the other side. And they catch, the Bible tells us, 153 fish. And all of a sudden Simon realizes, wait, this is like deja vu here. This has happened once before and he realizes that's Jesus on the shore. He jumps in the water, he swims to the shore and he finds Jesus has built a fire, he's cooking some fish, he's waiting for them to come so that he can serve him breakfast. Here he is, even in his resurrected state, he's still a servant. And then, picture this, they're all sitting around, it says that nobody would say anything, you know, that that awkward tension, because they're still not sure if this is him. Remember, they're seeing the resurrected Christ now. They're not seeing the one who was brutalized on the cross. They're not seeing the one who was mutilated by the Romans. They're seeing him in his resurrected power. And so, picture this, they're all having breakfast, and then Jesus says, "Uh, Pete, Let's go for a walk. And he takes him aside. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, now, some people would say, well, you know, that sounds like he's partial because Jesus is saying, do you love me more than the other disciples? That's not what he's saying. They just got done fishing. And he's saying to Peter, have you already switched your allegiance? Have you already took your loyalty from me and went back and so do you love your profession? Do you love your job? Do you love your old relationships? Do you love your old life better than me? And Peter says, you know I love you. Then look at this, then feed my lambs. We'll talk about this whole thing. Let me go through these scriptures. Next scripture. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Next verse. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Obviously, Peter has already forgotten that he denied Jesus three times. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Can I ask you this question? Did Jesus at any time reprimand Peter for betraying him? Did he say to him, I'm going to put you on probation period and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm watching you, Peter. No. He loves him. The Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. But look what's interesting here. And I've seen this practically in real life. Peter needs a start over. Peter needs recovery. And what does Jesus do? Watch this now. He loves him, but then puts him on an assignment. I don't know if you're catching this. He loves him and puts him on an assignment. He puts him in a position to get his eyes off himself and to get his energy on others. Go feed my lambs, go feed my sheep, care for my sheep. Amen. Peter, just about 30 or 40 days after this incident, on the day of Pentecost, gets up in the middle of thousands and preaches a 15-minute message. What's he doing? Feeding the sheep. And thousands come into the kingdom. This is the same Peter who had asked the question of Jesus long before this. If my brother sins against me, Lord, how many times must I forgive? Now he's experienced that forgiveness and a fresh start in life. Church, we've only got a couple of minutes left. And this is what I want you to take, take away from this series. God is wanting to rewrite your story. He is wanting to take you on another path than the one that you're on now. One that reaches your destination in His plan. And that's the only place you're ever going to be satisfied and ever going to be content. But He cannot do that without your cooperation. See, the reality of this series is this. Yeah, we want a fresh start. We want to start over. We want to turn a new leaf. But we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he needs to do in us. Here's the reality. The Holy Spirit is issuing a challenge to us to put off the old and step into the new. Now, that challenge for some is gonna come to bring you to a level of devotion to the Lord Jesus like you've never had before. To others, that challenge is to come back to a life of passion, devotion to the Lord Jesus like you once had before. And the truth is, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've drifted, God has his eye on you. He knows exactly where you're at, he knows exactly what it's gonna take to get you to a fresh start, but it all starts with you. If you're willing to humble yourself before him, if you're willing to put aside your pride and ask for his help, he is the only one that can launch you into a fresh new start. Whenever we hear a message like this, we have got to have the opportunity to respond. I pray to God that you resist the temptation to slink away from this service today like it never happened. We've got to respond. How bad do you want change? How desperate are you for a fresh new start? What's standing in the way? Do you want the fire you once had? Do you want to experience what you've never experienced up until this point? Because many of you in this room may be new believers. The Holy Spirit, the administrator of the church, the one who's in charge of the church on earth now, is issuing a challenge to us. Will you let me work in your heart Will you let me shine the light on the areas where you may not even be aware they exist so that together, between you and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you can see things eliminated in your life that has piled up over the years so that you could experience a fresh start, a new start over. If that's you, I'm not going to make it, I'm just very plain and blunt. If that's you, get out of your seat and get up here very quickly. We've only got a few minutes left. Get out of your seats and come up here. I can't do this for you. You can't do it for me. But I challenge you to really, really, really think about this this morning. You see, you're making a response. Whether you choose to come up here or whether you choose to just walk out the doors, that's your response. And if the Holy Spirit is wanting to to, to touch your heart, if the Holy Spirit is wanting to, to do some work in you, and you're content to just walk away. Then that's your response. Please, we don't have a lot of time. We're already over the time for this service. And the next service has got to come in. But I, you need to have an opportunity to respond. So please do. If the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, if you know God is tugging at your heart, please don't play games. Just get out of your seat and get up here. I'm not bringing people up here to embarrass them or to make a spectacle. I'm merely giving you the opportunity to make a statement. Anybody else? Okay. Those of you that are in your seats, would you please just stand up in support of those individuals that are up here? You've made a a tremendous statement today because it takes a lot of guts and it takes boldness to get out of that seat and come up here. But you just shoved it in the face of the devil and I hope you realize that. I believe that God is pleased that you've responded the way you have. Now it's time for us to say some things and to speak some things. So, I want you to just pick one hand up and just raise it up to God. What we receive, we receive from him. And I want you to say this together. Those of you in your seats, if you please, in support of those that are up here, please say this together. Say, Father, Father, with all of my heart, heart, I present myself to you you as a sacrifice. sacrifice. I ask you you, in the name of Jesus Jesus, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to to examine my heart, to examine my my soul, my emotions, emotions. everything that's about me, and to shine the light light in the areas areas where I've grown cold, where I've grown grown hard, where I've I've become resistant to the pull of your Spirit. spirit. I give myself over to you entirely. 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 Do whatever you need to do Cleanse whatever you need to cleanse. Cleanse Wipe away whatever needs to be wiped away. Break the powers powers of darkness darkness. over my mind mind. that may be holding me back, that That I may serve you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with everything that's within me would be devoted to you. you. I thank you. I receive the fire again. I receive the passion, passion again. My life, My life is, devoted to you. is devoted to you. I thank you I thank for this fresh, this fresh new start. The old has gone. The, old is gone. The, new is up ahead. the new is up ahead. I step into it by faith. I step into it by faith. It's mine. Doesn't matter what I feel like, doesn't matter what I'm experiencing, in the name of Jesus, my fresh start begins right now, in Jesus' name, by the power of his blood, and by the power of the word, I am allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind. Through, through, the through the Word of God to change my, attitudes. Change my attitude, to change my mindsets, change my mind. that, everything that everything would line up with your will with your and, your and your plan. I receive it, I receive it. I receive it. In, Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen.